Welcome to Vision Magnified. We are a podcast that showcases the blind community living limitlessly. Breaking barriers and smashing stereotypes. Proving that we are more than just our disability. Hey friends, we're about to embark upon a journey of some very touchy subjects. So as you listen to these episodes, please do keep your mental health in mind and make sure to take as many breaks as you need to. We will always be here when you're ready to return. Our first topic is a two-part series on masking and we have a panel discussion to get a bunch of different viewpoints on this subject. If you'd like to be a part of the discussion, please reach out on our social media. We would love to hear from you. Now, here we go with part one of masking. I ask, how did you guys attempt to hide your sight loss or how did you attempt um, to mask growing up or when you became blind? How did you attempt to hide that from the public or from your peers? All that kind of stuff. I would not use the devices that they gave me in school. Like, I wouldn't use the CCTVs. I didn't want the large print anything. Um, I, sometimes, if I, was, if I was in a class with students who knew me, I would use my magnifying glass. If I was in a class that was new, maybe at the beginning of the year, I would not use my magnifying glass. Um, meeting, uh, like, my boyfriend's family, I, you know, I don't, I don't tell them at all. I'll just try to go around, you know, just act like it doesn't exist. Um, I think masking is my normal and it's it's like effortless. I don't even think about it. I just I just do it. Yeah, um, yeah same with like what Shanice said. Um when I was in school I would not want to use the devices um or the large print books. So like with my family, um my husband's family too. Like I don't even like I don't even use my cane in front of them, and I, I mean I kind of I still mask in front of them, in front of my husband's family, and and sometimes even in front of my own family. So it's just um, or like sometimes that I would uh, like if I would trip, it would just be like oh you know I just laughed about it or like mm-hmm. you know kept going. Definitely not using my cane, not using large print books, uh, not using them in the class and not reading. Both myself and my friends would do this. And I, I've had mobility training since third or fourth grade. And yet uh, up into my teenage years and, and I didn't use a cane until in my early 40s I started. So I'm just sitting here wondering how y'all had a choice because um, I got my CCTV in class and I was forced to use it. I had the um, that weird paper in class and I was forced to use it. I had the 2020 pins and I was forced to use it. I didn't get a choice. Oh, well, they tried. I just refused. Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I would, fold, I would fold that paper, that large paper. <laughs> I would fold it and make it into a regular size paper so they wouldn't notice or see it. So... The notebook paper, kids in my class thought the notebook paper was cool and they would ask to have a sheet of paper and it wasn't until the teacher told everybody from the whole class nobody use Shanice's paper. This is for my her and for any of you because it's hard oh. for her to read. Like she put it out there that it was hard yes. for her to see it herself oh, and it was I like, well, that. thank you for making me yes. feel, yes. you know. I had a lot of teachers that would 
do that as well to me. That just made it whole, like, yes. oh, like made me feel yeah, even less. The, yeah. um, the masking, like, okay, well, I'm not bringing this paper to school anymore then. Right. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember doing that a little bit too when I was in elementary school. Like, I, I think there was a couple of kids who, like, you know, would kind of look over at my book to read when I would uh-huh. have a large print book. Mm-hmm. And then the teacher's like, look at your own book. That's everything. Uh-huh. Like, well, yeah. okay, I ain't using this no more. Yep. But <laughs> I, I do remember, you know, as far as masking goes, like I would, I wouldn't walk side by side with my friends. I would kind of follow behind. Mm-hmm. I would yes. order the, mm-hmm. always, yes. I, I would yes. order the exact same thing as the friend yes. in front of me for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> That was me uh, too. I'm not using my cane, not using my monocular, blaming my trips and falls over, pay, you know, not paying attention, over yep. paying for things, overspending because I didn't look at price tags when I was shopping yep. with my friends. Mm-hmm. They get to the counter and they're like, this is, you know, $50.10. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I only have 40 Great. Okay. <laughs> you know, and of course, yeah. blaming my eye movement on too much caffeine or too much alcohol. Yeah, I definitely did the tripping and saying, oh, I, I was drinking. I, mm-hmm. I remember somebody saying that once, oh, she must be drunk. And I was just like, yeah, yep. but I was sober as <laughs> <Sure> to be. <laughs> That's what you want to call it, sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to um, go, I'm gonna go back yeah, as far as... Monday. Like, I, if I was trip, I'm like, oh, guess, guess I got to tell my feet it's Monday. They need to work or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Or going yeah. to the wrong car, thinking that's your car and that's the different home. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I yeah. did that before, and like, the, like there was somebody sitting in the car, and I've I was like, that. "I just wanted to come up to you and tell you that I really love you. <laughs> I'm so sorry if I scared you." And I walked away. Oh man! I've tried to unlock cars um, when I was driving. I would go to the wrong car, so that was really bad because mm-hmm. I should, probably shouldn't have been driving at that point. <laughs> but I would go try and unlock doors that were not my door. As far as masking for me, uh, for me at work, because most of my masking was done at work, um, being a graphic designer, I would have customers come in and show me images on their phone that I couldn't see what they were showing me. Um, and I came up with a very elaborate story saying that, well, you know, everything looks good on the phone, but um, I really need you to email it to me because then I can open it on my design program. And that way I will be able to tell if it is usable um, you know, to, to put on a shirt or whatever they were doing with it, which was a complete load of crap. I did not need all of that to, to be able to ter- determine it, but because my eyes <laughs> couldn't determine it based on what they were showing me, I had to come up with a whole backstory of why well, they needed creative. to email it to me. My friends and I have a, a running joke uh, about back adjustments. Like when like he tripped or he would trip, he'd say, oh, that's a back adjustment, you know, because of that jarring... Um, mm-hmm. When you get when you fall off of a curb and you just kind of trip and skate off of a curb, um, so we you know it's it's joking. It becomes a joking thing um, sometimes. Yes. You know, when you're comfortable oh. with the people mm-hmm. you're around, mm-hmm. joking around becomes part of the mask, though. Like yeah, definitely, yeah. like joking about yourself yeah. or whatever. Yeah, sure. just like the step up, but there's no step, so you kind of do a gallop. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would continue to stomp. Just so that it looks equal, like I'm doing it on purpose. Oh, I got mud on my <laughs> shoe, or oh, the grass won't come off, or is that uh-huh. on my shoe? What the heck? Well, uh, with me, stuff like this didn't really happen because the two years I was blind, you know. Well, I'm still blind, of course, but you know, because I ended up in the wheelchair two years later. Uh, 
I only used the cane at school, which it was like a month, a month and a half. Besides that, I would hold in, you know, to my dad's shoulder, or if it was my mom, her shoulder, or and if it was a girl, you know, a girl I was talking to from her waist. Mm-hmm. I never wanted to use the cane because I didn't want people to see. I couldn't see, I guess, even though that I could still, I feel before I could see a little bit better because I used to, you know, use my glasses. Now I, I could still use it, but I don't because, you know, I'm just sitting here on the chair. So I'm like, what's the point? I know, you know, People have told me use them still, but you know I refuse to use them. I don't know why. For me, I, I just know. I like I said, I got I still got a little bit, little bit of sight, so I just try to walk slow and cautious, man. Like you know, people, people like yeah, they're like yeah, you you you're too cool and all that. I'm like nah, it ain't, it ain't that. It's just I'm trying not to walk fast and to run into nothing. So, I mean, if I get close enough, I can see stuff or I can see somebody in front of me. I just try to walk cautious, man. Ain't none of that. That's how, I, like, I'm, 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 I'm at the stage where I'm, I'm gonna get a cane, but, you know, that's how I used to mask mine. Do you guys think that you really fooled anybody um, in your attempts at masking or did you fool anybody at your attempts at masking? And how do you think that might have set back your ability to accept your blindness. I think I fooled everybody. I, I think that I'm still fooling people. I think that my own family and maybe even myself, um, that I think they think I can see better than what I actually can see and they don't understand how bad it really is. Um, and even on the journey of using a cane, which I've always needed, but never really understood my vision enough to understand why I needed it because straightforward, I can see whatever I'm looking at, but not understanding that I, I don't have low peripheral. I didn't know that was a thing because I never had it, you know? So um, masking to my boyfriend, to my mom, to they they have no idea how bad it is. So when they see me on this journey of, okay, it's time for me to use a cane, um, my mom question is it because now you're with your friends and they all use canes and me having to say no I, I really do need this and I've been needing this I, she doesn't even understand so I, I think I've done it too well to where it has set me back a lot because now I have to make myself more vulnerable to the people that I love to show that I actually do need help and for me to not have to struggle so hard to fit in with everybody else. I agree with what Shanice said. Um, Me and Shanice kind of have the same, basically she has what, we kind of have the same condition but a little bit backwards. I have no center vision but peripheral. So it's pretty much like I've also been messed with my husband and my mom and my mom barely now is understanding. My husband is barely now understanding and, you know, them not knowing that it was that bad. When I explained it to my husband, like my whole my whole 10 years that I've been with him, um, he knew, you know, I couldn't see, but he didn't know exactly how bad it was. <clears throat> until, I start, until I started to be more open with him and talking to him about it, barely till last year. Um, I know it took like that long for me to tell him, but um, that's last year was barely until I felt comfortable talking to him about it. And now he's more like, you know, he understands more and he's more um, like, okay, you know, it's more than what than what he thought. And same with my mom. So it's still 
um like i'm still trying to also you're still working on it and yeah i'm still yeah. working on it so i feel like when i was driving um i was probably driving longer than i should have been um and i think that i didn't really give anyone any warning when i decided to stop um i just sort of i mean in my head i knew it was coming but um i kept saying if the conditions are just right I can still do this. So when I finally said, I can't do this, and um, I think nobody really uh, expected it because when people would ask me, all right, you know, you good when you're driving? Yeah, you know, I mean, some things are hard. You know, if it's too much sunlight or whatever, you know, it's a little bit harder. No, it's like I was literally taking my life in my hands. Um, and I had to say, you know, once once I really accepted the fact that I could now no longer tell if a traffic light was on red or on green. I was like, you're going to hurt somebody or you're going to hurt yourself and it's time. And so, um, but nobody really expected it. And so then, uh, and then, and then I don't, I even really ex expected it because I was all like, yeah, I'm done. It's fine. And then about a half hour later, I had like a complete meltdown. So it was a huge adjustment, you know, for everyone around me because I didn't give anyone any warning um, and then, of course, obviously a huge adjustment for myself because all of a sudden now um, I just lost a huge chunk of my independence. Um, so I think that I handled that kind of poorly because I think, you know, all around. <laughs> like Shanice and Laura were saying with the whole family that they don't understand how good we could see. I guess, you know, with my family the same way because, you know, I'm, you know, I could say I'm masked with my parents, with my parents and my sisters and my brother as well. Because sometimes when they show me something on the phone, uh, you know, sometimes it's difficult for me to see what it is, but I pretend that I know what I'm looking at, you know, and I know I should have been doing that because they're my family and stuff, but I explained to them, you know, how good is my vision and stuff or how bad can I not see anymore. But uh, they, I guess they forget or something. I don't know, but. Yeah, I guess, you know, even though I've been like this almost, what, 13 years, I still kind of mask around my family still. I've absolutely done that same exact thing, Daniel. Somebody, maybe not even so, somebody in my family or somebody, anybody will hand me, like, we, they'll be like, oh, my God, look at this meme or look at this thing on the phone. And I'll be like, oh, yeah, that's funny. Yep. Like, because I see them, mm -hmm. like, laughing or smiling about it. So I'm like, okay, so this <laughs> must be funny. So I'm supposed to laugh. Or I look up at the menu when I'm trying to order food, and even though I can't see it, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I literally just stopped doing that, like, very recently. And not for anything other than just pure, like, exhaustion about <laughs> pretending that I could see it. I was yeah. like, I don't feel like doing this anymore. <laughs> yeah, I stopped the phone thing, too, but I still look up the menus. <laughs> I look at a menu before I go to a restaurant, and then when we get there, I look up at it like I'm reading it, like I know what the hell I'm doing. But it's really that I've looked it up before we've gotten there. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, I always order the same thing. I, I, I order the same thing every time. Yep. That's well, usually it, the case, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, and fast food places like, really mess with you on it. Because when I moved to Oregon, I went up there and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, I want, I knew, I was like, I, I when in California, I ate a number, I would eat a number two. So I went to Oregon, ordered a number two, and it was something completely different. And I'm like, okay, well, I gotta figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I definitely think I fooled 
some people, particularly from a distance. And there was a pride in that. Um, and it put off and prolonged self-acceptance for many, many years. And makes me kind of sad that it took as many years as it did to start my self-acceptance journey. I agree. So. Yes, um, can I just add that it's easy to fool people about blindness because they don't understand blindness. So us tripping or us doing the little things that we do do, they don't notice that it's, oh, she can't see. They just accept whatever we give them because they mm -hmm. don't understand it. Which yeah. then perpetuates the problem of people mm -hmm. not knowing the difference yeah. between blind and, and and low vision and this and that. Like, it's... Yeah. I would like to think that I fooled a lot of people. When I was a kid, however, and I, before I became uh, self, uh, I guess, world aware, like I was very self-aware as a child, um, but I, I would run along with my cousins or my sister and like, we would like I would chase them in the house and whatnot. But if let's say we were outside playing and we ran in and, and somebody had changed like things around or it was really really dark, I would definitely stop. And I never understood why until I was older. So I think that there was a certain point where I learned to mask. Um, it, it definitely was not there in the beginning. And um, to this day, I think my family doesn't have a clear understanding of my vision because. Um, I've done such a good job masking. One time my mom asked me when we were walking the mall, why do you always walk behind me? Why don't you just, you know, like, go off on your own or whatever? And it's like, like, she doesn't get it. She's never put it together that I don't think I'd be able to find her. Um, and there'll be times where I'm looking at something and people just kind of wander away and I'm like, oh, crap, what do I do? And I'm like, do I go to the checkout speaker and be like, hey, mom, <laughs> I'm at the checkout speaker. <laughs> You know, I learned it. I learned. Um, I have a couple of friends who um, are visually impaired that do a thing. Like they they both have low vision, and so if they have to go their separate ways in a grocery store or a twist as to the next aisle, I over they'll do they'll play Marco Polo. Yeah, and that you know I wish I had known that as a kid. No, I I'd started doing that with friends as well, but just to be funny. And I'm like, you know, this is really helpful. And I, I use it often now when that kind of a thing happens. But it's like, I know that in certain instances, I know that I've, you know, fooled people. But it was really to my detriment at the end. Because if I did do something, um, like trip, I'm like, oh, I guess I needed another cup of coffee or whatever. I guess I got my mom's clutziness or whatever. Like, I would, I would say it and they'd all laugh and I would laugh. But inside, I'd be like, damn, like, mm -hmm. that was a blind moment. Oh, my God. Like, I'm so stupid. Um, and I guess just because I tried to be as normal as anyone else, like, my older brother is fully convinced that I'm faking and that I'm using blindness to get attention. Um, but I'm, I, I don't understand how that can be a thing when all the attention I've ever gotten from blindness is bad. And that's why I want to mask. That's why I want to stuff it down. That's why there's a part of me that I don't want to accept. Because it's brought me nothing but grief. So why would I fake this? Why would you fake this? And that's what I don't understand with the general public. It's like, oh, you're faking for attention. What attention? It's not good. Right. Right. I mean, do people actually fake being blind? Is that like a thing? Like, it is a am thing. I missing something? 
It is a thing. People do it for sympathy, but they do a poor job at it because they're faking it and they don't understand the nuances. Like, if you are outward trying to be blind, you're not blind. If you're blind, you're going to freaking try to hide that. Or you're just going to be, you're going to try to be as normal as possible because we don't want attention. I have never seen that. I've never seen, I mean, maybe on a TV show, like a comedy show or something, I've never seen anybody fake it. And so that's always what confused me um, because I even had like my extended family when I would go to visit them in Indiana back in the, when I was little, you're not blind. You're, you, you're, you're fine. You could just pull that magazine away from your face. You can do it. You know, and it was the kids, you know, mostly like don't fake it, you know? And even then I was like, don't fake it. Why, why would I what, fake? It doesn't make sense. You know, um, somebody was talking about, um, look, oh, Daniel was talking about, oh, when you would, somebody would show you the phone, you'd be like, haha, that's funny. Cause they were all laughing. Right. Well, my nephew and my niece have always known that I'm blind. They've always known. They grew up with me, and I talked to them about it. And one time, my nephew was showing me a meme on his phone, and he was laughing. And so, of course, you know, I do the thing where you laugh along, too, right? And he's like, if you can't see it, just tell me. And I'm like, no, 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 it's funny, ha, ha, ha. And he goes, it's not funny. Like, I just wanted to see what you would do. He goes, but if you can't see it, tell me. So then, of course, that runs through my mind of every time I've ever tried to fake one of those things where I'm laughing at something because everyone else is laughing. Who else has done that to me? Mm-hmm. Just to see if their hunch was right. You know, like, who else have I really not fooled and they've been trying to tell me that they're not, that I'm not fooling them? Like, that gave me a moment of insecurity like I've never experienced before. It really, um, masking really does more harm than good when you think about it that way because you really because when you're unmasked without your control like out of your control it's like it make it it like redoubles those feelings of like that there's something wrong with you or that you know there there should there should there should be shame involved like it reinforces all those like negative stigmas and and everything and it's like mm-hmm. it's just so interesting when you're like when you think about it from that perspective because you know I think that to an extent we feel like we have a control over um, our masking because we understand it now. But for me, I didn't think of it as what I was, uh, you know, as that was what I was doing um, until I really kind of stopped doing it. I really didn't, it didn't occur to me that that's what that was. I was just sort of trying to avoid an awkward situation or trying to prove that I still do my job. Like, um, and it can, you know, it can really backfire on you. Mm-hmm. And it can put you in harm's way, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen some of my friends, you know, fall downstairs. I've slipped and skated down a set of stairs. Um, I've seen them just fall into huge puddles and have to swim their way out. And yeah. all because they weren't using their cane. And it was much more important to them to blend in at all costs, really. Yeah, I think that it causes anxiety because as a child, uh, I knew I was faking being able to see something. And I would, after the situation, um, I would go home and I would think about that situation all day. What could I have done better? What I should have done? I should have told them. I shouldn't have told them. You know, just 
all that would run through my head and now it's created this anxiety for me to even be around people because I'm worried about, well, if they reach their hand out to give me a handshake, what should I do? Or where should I go? Or how should I do this and how should I do that? It's like, if this situation happens, what should I do? If that situation happens, what should I do? It's just this never-ending mental trying to prepare myself for either going to mask or prepare myself to acknowledge that I can't see. Right. That's why I brought up the driving because it was only through this conversation that I realized that I was masking from myself. I was trying to prove to myself that I could continue doing something that could have been potentially dangerous for me to continue. It's that's that's wild. And I'm literally only realizing this throughout this conversation. You know, when we talked about being unmasked without our control, but what about when it is under our control? Like, was there ever a time like um, that you told somebody that you were blind, like that somebody maybe that you've known for a lot of a lot of years that you just wanted to stop masking around him? Um, what was that like for you guys, and how did they react? For this year, what I'm honestly not trying to get in the group. So I got in a group I never knew it was important to let people know that I was blind or going blind. I always felt like, you know, I keep it to myself, stay to myself, you know, and act like I did before. They would never know. But as my friends started declining, I just, somebody asked me something, I was like, nah, I'm blind then, bro. Like, I, I went blind such and such. It just felt so good, like, letting it out instead of just I feel like pretending is so exhausting, man. Like, not trying to show your anxiety, not trying yeah. to show, but like, it's, 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 it's a relief. And you can just say it, like, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm visually impaired now, I'm low vision now. Instead of like, me pretending, man, I don't, I don't pretend nothing. I tell them real quick, hey, I can't see that good no more. Or, or that, cause people like, still approach me like I'm, I can see, I had to tell him, like, nah, I'm low vision now. And that, it, it's just a relief for me, for real. Like, yeah, the, the first time I realized the difference between masking and unmasking, how it made me mentally feel was uh, my best friend got married. I was one of her maid of honors. Um, we were at the hotel getting ready. Um, and she had a makeup artist come and through the whole morning and even the night before, I felt so just anxious, nervous, uh, fearful. I felt like I had to watch every step I made. Um, I didn't feel like myself. I didn't feel like I was giving my normal energy to my best friend or even to her. Even though she knew her friends, they knew, but they didn't understand. And, and it, it just made me afraid. But once um, sitting down, and getting my makeup done and actually talking to the makeup artist and, you know, unmasking to her while everybody was kind of around listening to the conversation. It was just this big relief. And I just felt like so much pressure was taken off of me and no one made a big deal of it. And it, it became this thing that she praised me for. And she said, you know, she, she said thank you for telling her because now she can spread it to the next person. And I think that's where it all begins, it's just us unmasking to someone so they can tell someone else and it could just keep on going. I find that the more I say it, the more I'm teaching myself to accept it. Um, like using the term legally blind so often on TikTok that I'm literally almost sick of hearing myself say it. But at the same time, it's like, okay, that's 
that's it's accurate. It's it's the truth. It's my truth. So the more I say it, every little time it takes this little piece of, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for of denial away. And just like kind of chips away at, at that denial and that, you know, the, the negative emotions that you have towards something like that. Mm-hmm. It lets it lets you come to terms with it. But when, if you continue to mask, you're not really accepting. You're not really dealing. The first person that I told um, was a friend from high school. And I remember her having written this big ginormous story and it was going to take me forever if I try to read it. I'd be kissing that computer screen for hours and I sat there in the chair thinking, should I fake this or not? Should I pretend like I'm reading this thing or not? And I'm scrolling up and down, and I'm thinking the whole time, like, if I tell her, I've got to tell them all. And I've just made these friends, like, what's it going to be like for me if I tell them all? Because you can't tell one without telling them all. It's, it's going to get around. Or somebody's going to think, well, why didn't you tell me? Or whatever. And, and there might be hurt feelings, but it's like I've gone my entire school career being a student who was you know, made to feel like crap because I was blind. What am, what am I going to do? What kind of a setback is this going to feel like? And I'm like, you know what? I don't care. I'd rather them know who I am and I'd rather them, you know, know me 100% for me. And if it's not okay with them, then it's best I know now than 20 years down the line when we're friends and they still don't know that I'm blind and something happens, you know? So I, I actually turned the chair around and I told her, and she's like, okay, cool, you know, and she just kind of read what she wrote, and then I'm like, okay, well, now I've got to tell everybody else, and each friend that I told thereafter, it was, okay, like, okay, that's fine, you know, and they would often tell me that they would forget that I'm blind because I would keep up, like, we would go to the mall, and um, we would go out in the dark and go to the park and stuff, and I would just be there keeping up, but it was still me trying to mask even though I had told them, because I didn't want them to think that just because I told them I was blind, that it gave me permission to, to be blind. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Uh, it's stupid and it's yeah. hard to explain. But, like, yes, I told you I'm blind, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to do my utmost to still keep up with you because um, my disability is mm-hmm. not going to make me. And it's not, I'm not going to be the blind friend. I'm going to be right. the friend that you know is blind, but you forget that I'm blind unless I need you to remember for some particular reason. Yeah, I mean, I tried so hard my whole life not to use the B word. I like, I did not want in the blind. Oh, oh, I don't see well. I'm visually impaired. I'm, you know, I, I don't want to use that word. And um, while I was working at an independent living center, um, one of the other staff had, uh, who, was, who was blind, made a, a point that, you know, as a person with low vision, you have so much privilege to be able to do that and it does and it doesn't help everybody and you know that's I had started using my cane at the time and stuff but that 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 brought me a realization like dang you're right like you know everything that I try to hide just makes it that much harder for everybody for not just me but everybody else and like i've always been a person who you know was concerned with you know how others are treated and stuff so you know i was like oh well okay we'll try saying legally blind now and so i do that or sometimes i just say blind that really confuses people see and i've started saying partially sighted because i'm more than legally blind 
I am I am more than legally blind because it's not just that my right eye is at 2200 that is the legal limit but it's that I do not have sight in my left eye so I am partially sighted I am legally blind partially sighted like that is how I um I describe myself now because I think that um if we're going to say that blindness is a spectrum, we need to really define where we are on that spectrum so that people understand that we call it different things for a reason. And that's been my my thing as of a couple of weeks ago. I'm going to say I'm legally blinded, partially sighted. Like, that's, that's what I'm going to say from now on. Did you guys hide your disability just from friends and family or from friends? Like, I know you guys have talked about some of you have hidden it from even, like, your spouse's family and your own family. Um, but what is... What was the, who is the most important group to hide that blindness from when you're masking? And do you still mask for them? I think that eventually once I get comfortable with a person, it's easier. So I only really masked, like seriously masked without them knowing that I have, um, you know, visual impairment. Uh, that's just for strangers. But people that I actually know and that I care about, they just don't know or understand how bad my vision is because I'm still learning how to even describe it. Well, for me, it's like a, what you say, like, uh, don't ask, don't tell if, you know, I, you know, I still think I'm masked around certain people. Like, it, it's certain friends that I don't, I don't really, like, associate with like that because I feel like they're uncomfortable with me being blind. So I, I'm like a don't ask, don't tell. I um, mostly because mine was career. A lot of my masking was career based. Um, I do not mask at work anymore. If I feel that I cannot do something, I have given you my medical information. I have told you about my condition. I have documentation saying that I am legally blind. Um, and if that is not acceptable for you, then that's just how it's going to be. Um, because when I was masking, it was for work. It wasn't just about hiding it. It was about trying to do things that I physically was were were straining and painful for me to try and see and do. Um, so I've made a conscious effort to try and be as communicative as possible and say, you know, this is a real struggle for me. Um, and and as far as like with my friends and family, it's just the little things like not telling them I could see something on the phone that I can't actually see or. Um, reminding them that when they tell me, you know, something is over there, I don't know where there is anymore. How do you all feel about blind humor? Uh, people who make jokes about blindness, even if they are blind, like, do you think that there's a place for it? Um, how do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I see you. I, I kind of throw, like, jokes out myself, you know. It's it just, it just something I do to make me feel good, but I, I do do jokes myself. Yeah, my mom used to make light of, you know, she would make jokes, and I've kind of carried that through my life, and I joke around with my friends. Um, so I think there's a time and place for a lightness, um, making light or jokes, you know, you can you can laugh at yourself. It makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I agree. Um, unless I'm with other uh, blind people, or I guess I don't know. I don't. It's it's still uncomfortable for me because I'm still learning to accept it and be okay and not ashamed. I think that when you're the person making the joke, I think it's acceptable, um, and I think that 
humor can be a powerful coping mechanism. Um, you know, but I think that when other people who aren't in your position try and make a joke about it, it can come off the wrong way. And I definitely think that there's a line. Um, and mm-hmm. I think you also have to realize that what you might make fun of, what you might make fun of in terms of what happens to you, the person next to you who also is visually impaired or blind or whatever might not find that funny. So I think you definitely have to feel your audience because like Shani said, to kind of make her uncomfortable. So knowing Shani's, I would try and be more aware of that because maybe it's not funny to her. So if she did something that I would do, I maybe would laugh at myself about it. But for her, she's not at that place where she can laugh at herself. I think the, the biggest thing for me is the the things that we have to use, like joking about our um, things that, make, you know, are like my glasses. That's like a, the biggest thing for me because people on, on movies, on, you know, in comedy shows, whatever you see, it's always thick glasses is funny and whatever because they don't think that, I mean, this is a tool to, to be used to see. This is a big deal and you're picking at it. Whereas, you know, you wouldn't do the same thing to someone in a wheelchair because you're more sensitive to that. And I, I just think that so, that just goes back to me believing that um, blindness is a joke and people aren't really sensitive to the devices that we use to be able to see. Oh my God, the glasses thing, 100,000%. It has always irked me. Now, I don't know, I don't wear my glasses very often anymore. They don't do for me like they used to. Um, but I have been a glasses wearer for many years. And I, that, that mentality of, well, she takes off her glasses and now she's beautiful. Excuse me? Mm-hmm. Like, that is so, uh, it's so insulting and it's so insensitive. It's like you said, we're wearing these because without them, we are incapable of perceiving at the same level as you. And you're going to take that as something that brings down our value as a human being. And that really irks me. So in terms of taking um, sight issues to a place of humor in like the media and television and movies and things, that's a whole different level. Yes. it's yeah, one I thing agree. to make a joke about it with your friends. It's one thing to right. use self-deprecating humor as a coping me- mechanism. It's one thing to lighten your your load with your own humor. But when the outside world makes those types of comparisons and treats it like a joke, that's not okay. No, absolutely. I mean, I've I've always make made jokes like around my family, especially when they would do the "it's right there" thing, and so like. I would grab at whatever they were pointing at and be like, wait, that's not what I, you know, and I would just make jokes about it or like, you know, oh, this is a blind girl moment with my friends or whatever. But like, I remember when I was in elementary school, I had, they had started me using really thick prism type glasses to read. And boy, oh boy, did all the, the boys at school want to burn bugs with my glasses. Like they thought that was the funniest thing. And, you know, and I actually, I just let them do it. I just handed them over and was like, yeah, here, go ahead, you know? Just so that I was like, oh, wow, okay, so maybe these kids will actually, like, be cool with me now because I let them burn bugs with my with my thick glasses, you know? And now that I look at it, I'm like, yeah, that that's, that's not funny. That's not cute. I think that I have the most problem with blind humor when it is something that perpetuates a stereotype of blindness. 
And as a blind community, we still are in the space of we need to educate the public of how insensitive they're being. But by making deprecating jokes about blind people and using those stereotypes and perpetuating those stereotypes, I think that's when humor does more harm than good. And it really, really irks me because we have so far to go to educate the public on the spectrum and the different conditions of blindness that we don't we can't really be taking this kind of humor and making it public because it makes it okay for public to joke about the stereotypes of, of blindness. And I feel like that's the biggest part that I a problem that I have with blind humor right now. One hundred percent. It's kind of that it's kind of that mentality of like, I can joke about it because it's mine. But you right. this is no this is not your territory. And by you joking about it when you don't even understand it, you are making my situation worse. You're making life harder for me. Absolutely. So, no, mm-hmm. absolutely not. You do not. That doesn't. This is not your territory. You don't belong here. <laughs> and that's, right. like, this is and that's such a good point, Sasha, because like even in other, you know, communities that I'm a part of, it's like, yeah, I can make that joke about myself. Like, you know, being a part of the plus side community i can make that joke about myself but you can't no you know and people don't understand that they're like well if you can do it why can't we it's because yeah this because they don't understand what it's really like and they're not the ones trying to cope with the humor but, mm-hmm. but i also find that i have a problem with um like certain blind tiktok creators doing it because you need if your platform especially if it's a big platform you need to use it for education right now and not for perpetuating stereotypes about us I feel like that's a form of, of masking when the, if they're taking, if a blind TikToker, for example, is taking a joke too far, I feel like they're doing it to gain acceptance from the sighted community rather than to cope with their own situation. So like when I say like, Oh, blind moment, I just, you know, we were laughing at each other and ourselves the entire time when we were away together mm-hmm. because you know, it's like, Oh, I just had a conversation with, you know, the door and I thought it was you you know and you know we giggle because we because there's a commiseration there there's a relation there like I understand you and I understand that it's funny and yet awkward and yet annoying all at the same time so we can laugh but for somebody to take it to the level where they're trying to make it okay for the non-blind community it's like you're using that's when it's like you're using it you're using it wrong, you, you know, it's, and it's, it's definitely um, harmful to the community at that point. Like I see it as a form of Stockholm syndrome where they're so like dying for acceptance that they've started to identify with those who stereotype us by perpetuating stereotypes in their humor. And it's like, they're just, they're just to the point where they have not accepted themselves so much that they're going to self deprecate because they, they can't accept themselves because they spent their whole lives denying their blindness or trying to be the norm so that they can feel accepted. What do you think that we can do? Like, how can we help people become more confident with their blindness and maybe put an end to masking? I would say talk about it more. Uh, teach, our, teach, teach the youth Starting the schools, having the awareness. I know, I, I believe you have a disability awareness. Um, I don't know if it's a month or a week, but dedicating time to the kids, to the young kids, to talk to them and show them and having more books out there. 
um, what we're doing on TikTok now, talking about it and how we're being so normal just to keep that up and maybe making that more um, mainstream, you know, like on these other platforms like uh, TLC and, you know, they show every disability, but I still have yet to see them show a blind family or anything like that. So mm-hmm. just getting getting it out there more in a positive way and not in a um, fun, like to be funny or just to throw us there because, of course, they have to include us in some sort of way. One of the, the best ways to start helping others is to start accepting ourselves. And once we accept ourselves and we know that we're, where we've been, we see the journey that we've been through, we know the pitfalls, we know the reasons why we mask, we talk, we have dialogues with others who mask and who've been on this journey. Once we come to this self-acceptance, we can talk to other people. And I, I do agree with you, Shawnee, it does need to start in the schools. We need to educate blind students on how to um, be comfortable with their blindness. We need to educate other students how to be comfortable with blind children and, and blind people. Um, I think that we need to, um, you know, maybe do our best to, like, go to our classrooms, public school classrooms, and be like, hi, my name is Sasha. I'm visually impaired, and I've been visually impaired since birth, and this is what it means. These are the devices that I use. Um, this is how, you know, it was for me in school. And really make it okay to open up a dialogue between the students about blindness. Um, even those who are, from those who wear glasses to those who are using canes. Um, I think that it's it's important to really get in there and start doing the, the, the groundwork and start um, really spreading this awareness. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of the keys to confidence in terms of being blind is advocacy mm-hmm. and awareness that you, you're you are your strongest advocate and that is going to build so much confidence. I know for me going through massage college, I was such a strong advocate for myself so much so that they consulted with me, the staff um, in terms of other blind people coming through the program, uh, what they would need. And because I, I just, stood up for myself so much and I knew what I was doing and they didn't have any kind of disability services. And so I, I had to do it all on my own. And that just was such an immense confidence booster, um, knowing that I could advocate so strongly for myself. I 100% agree. Um, advocacy is paramount to to acceptance, I think, because once you start to say, I need this, and people hear you, it's like, wait, wait, you just heard what I said, and I'm gonna get what I need. And then now I'll be able to do this, that and the other thing. And then once you um, once you realize that you can do that, you can start to show other people that you can do that. Honestly, it worked kind of backwards for me, because this group taught me how to I mean I was always able to say hey I need help finding the sugar in the store or whatever like that kind of thing but when it came down to like the things that I really need to function um and to learn for myself like mobility training so that I could walk to the store um and things like that that I didn't even know I lost until I was afraid to do it um it's like we we need to help each other as a community so that we can you know if we're once we when we get to the point where we're we're 
confident, then we can spread it everywhere and we can teach people who don't know anything about it. But we have to build each other up first. Is us becoming a better community? Yes, I also agree. It's just advocacy for each other for individually and then um, getting out there and be able to be more confident and talk about our blindness and spread it to other people and educate other people out there so they can know and especially the youth. Yeah, I agree with them, you know. Me, I'm barely getting out there, to be honest, barely this year. But, you know, I would love to help people out there, you know, to understand that, you know, not everybody that's blind is the same person, you know. Because I guess a lot of people see it that way. But, you know, I'm working on it. And hopefully soon I'll, you know, get there that I could help people out too. So before we get out of here, I just wanted to ask you guys if you have any final thoughts. As we stop masking our blindness, people are really, will start to notice that blindness is, blindness is a spectrum and that people are, you know, there's varying ways you can be blind and it's not just one stereotype. And I think that the sooner we, we do that, the, the better. And I think TikTok and you know, social media is going to help with that. Uh, I stopped masking when I was about 42. I learned Braille and I got a cane after decades of not having one. And I wish I had stopped masking sooner. Um, because that's, that's really when my journey of self-acceptance started was just shedding all of that and not trying to pretend and I can't go back and change it now, but I definitely feel like had I started in, in my 20s or even earlier than that. Um, but going forward, I'm, I'm so glad that I've done it and been able to do it. And I, I feel like it's still um, a continuing process. I think it will be. If the person listening to this is part of the visually impaired and blind community, um, I hope that it helps people to sort of take that mask off at least some of the time because I do believe that um, you get um, you get your acceptance um, by taking that mask off. I think that that's how you gain um, more confidence in the person that you are. And if you're not um, part of that community, I hope that you have learned um, a little bit more about what it's like um to be in that community and i hope that the term blindness is a spectrum is a little clearer and i hope that we have an ally in all of this the one thing i want to say is for people who are not disabled to um, before you judge a person from what they're doing or what you think um could be wrong maybe pay a little more attention um, if you see a person who's having, who's struggling in any kind of way, uh, offer help. Just it just takes a word. Just you need help. That's all you have to do. Um, and also to um, all the visually impaired people, it's not a race to unmask, but taking off just a, a little piece at a time, um, it helps you to heal. Because in this game of disability, you know we're healing. 
whether it's from birth or whether it happens later on in life, it's a healing process. And with you some you know, good friends who are possibly going through what you're going through or even in other dis, you know disabilities and just learn to heal and to learn, you know, love yourself in every kind of way. Um, even a person without disabilities is insecure or has their insecurities. We're no different from them. Uh, life is harder, but life is still life and we can enjoy it in any kind of way. For whoever is going through the, you know, through their blindness or the visual impairment, um, to just find people in like support groups or chats, um, talk to people with, you know, the same problem, the same, they're going through what you're going through. Cause that's also going to help accept, accepting this, accepting your blindness and, um, all the insecurities and, um, just making, making it a little bit easier to, to just not feel so alone in this. So, um, surrounding yourself by other people and talking to them. My final thoughts would be that it's hard to mask every day. And so if you're part of the visually impaired and blind community, uh, like we are, I know that every day that you wake up, that you have to put on that facade and put on that mask. It's not always easy. And it can often leave you with more doubts about yourself than you, than you want, than you, than one person can handle. Um, it's taken me 42 years to, Except the fact that I'm visually impaired. Except the fact that I'm partially uh, sighted. Except the fact that I'm legally blind. Except the fact that I should be using a cane, a monocular, or whatever device comes into my hand that is going to assist me with my visual disability. Because it's not going anywhere. Um, and I'm not going anywhere. So, I, I, to those of you who are currently masking, I encourage you to not let that mask become your armor. I encourage you to really start looking for ways to accept yourself, looking for people who you think might be empathetic to the things that you're going to and, and start to unmask yourself to those people. Um, I encourage you, um, like Laura said, to, to join support groups, to find blind services in your area. I know that um, the Commission for the Blind of Oregon has a support group, so I know that there are other support groups out there. Um, you know, Find TikTok creators, because that's where blindness is most prevalent. Um, find TikTok creators and send them messages. We're all people who have been where you are. So um, never be afraid to reach out, especially to your own community, and find the support that you need, and don't stop trying. Don't stop, you know, trying to accept yourself. Um, blindness isn't a curse. Blindness isn't something that's a bad thing. It's just something that we have to cope with and allow yourself to develop those coping skills because when it gets 42 years into your life, you think, how much more confident could I have been if I just released and told this person, hey, I'm visually impaired. How much of a of a thing would it have been for me in, in high school to be like, yeah, so what? I'm visually impaired. Like, I'm still on the softball team. I'm still on the soccer team. I'm still in band. I'm still making friends. I'm still going through this farce of a world just like you are trying to get good grades because that's what we're all judged on. 
And I, you know, the only difference is, is that my struggle might be a little bit different. I want to say thank you to my panel here today. I really, really appreciate your time for a second time coming out here to, to record this episode with me and with Amber. And we look forward yeah, to, you. to, um, you know, talking to you guys soon and thank everybody for listening and we'll see you again next week. Thank you for listening to the podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to seeing you next time. You can find us as Vision Magnified Official on TikTok and Instagram and on Twitter as VMO Podcast. See you next time. <laughs>